Hello there, I am Paul Church. I'm the director of the Anemo Group. We're a tech, data and digital talent solution. And this is our podcast, Talent and Growth, where we discuss all things attraction and retention related. And today we're discussing how to use tech to become more human. And we've got the legend Chad Sowash on. Uh, Chad is a co-host of the Chad and Cheese podcast, HR's most dangerous podcast, that is. Um, And he's got so much information and knowledge and it was just really fun speaking to him. So I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did. Here's Chad. Lock your doors and hide your kids. It's good to be with you, Chad. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Paul? Really good, thank you. Really good. I really appreciate you being with us today. I oh, appreciate being here, man. It's always it's always fun to get on uh, somebody else's podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, we've got Chad from the Chad and Cheese podcast, and we'd love to hear about that. But just to, for those listeners who haven't actually uh, come across you before, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a bit of background on your career and journey, and, and also, yeah, tell us a bit more about the Chad and Cheese podcast. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I was in the um, U.S. military for for 20 years, either on active or reserve status, and now 20 years in the recruiting tech and and workforce space. Uh, I was with Monster before it was actually known as Monster, Uh, led the creation of the U.S. National Labor Exchange, uh, working with Fortune 500 companies, federal, state, local governments, building hiring programs for uh, major brands. And now I talk into a mic, either on uh, the Chad and Cheese podcast, uh, HR's Most Dangerous podcast, or live on stage, stages throughout the world, which we're starting to get back to. And it feels so good. Good man, good man. I appreciate that. I feel that. And uh, yeah, it's great to have you with us. And for those of you who haven't listened to the, the Chad and Cheese podcast, the Lock the Doors, Hide Your Kids uh, <laughs> reference, you will recognize that if you tune into Chad and Cheese. Um, but today we're, we're talking about uh, using tech to be more human. So first of all, let's, let's, what do we mean by this, Chad? Yeah, so you've heard a lot about hiring and the black hole, right? So candidates being pushed into the black hole. So that's happened for decades, and that isn't very human in itself. So then add the ability to scale up candidate uh, applications through recruitment marketing campaigns, and now you have more good people shoved into that very same black hole. So we're being less human through the ability to scale with tech, but tech has evolved. And It can take many of those menial tasks out of recruiters' hands today and give that recruiter more time to engage with actual human beings. I see us evolving into more brand ambassadors in recruiting and being able to be more human as opposed to doing all those little menial tasks throughout the day that just are time sucks and they take away from you being more human with those candidates. 100%. 100%. And this isn't this isn't just, uh, I suppose we were talking about this a bit before, just before we went on air. This isn't just an opportunity. This is, you're going to need to step up because unless you're uh, doing or taking on the tasks that tech can't do, guess what? You're getting replaced by tech, aren't you? Yeah, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think what happens is uh, a couple of different things. If you are a recruiter and your sweet spot are those me- menial administrative tasks, 
then yes, you could definitely get kicked out in a heartbeat because you're not really worth that much. You're doing the small things, kind of like, you know, sweeping up the floor after the big party, right? You need to be the person who is irreplaceable, which means you have to be able to do the things that tech can't do today. And mostly that is really being able to do the uh, engagement, being able to uh, shepherd the process, be a brand ambassador. I mean, there's some things that recruiters just can't be replaced uh, today with tech. But there are many menial tasks that recruiters should be saying, yes, please get that off my plate so I can be more human and I can actually get this brand out there in a much more human and better way. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and how, can we, how can we use tech to enhance and scale a business culture, do you think? Yeah. I, so when it comes to culture, uh, a lot of it has to do with engagement and communications, right? Humans need engagement. And we've thus far set a very low bar in engaging candidates and employees. So communication and engagement is key in, in using tech to build engagement points throughout the employee's time at the organization could positively impact employee engagement, retention, and even internal mobility if it's done right. Th those are things that today you know, we're not really focused on, which means our retention numbers start to start to uh, get even worse and worse, especially when we start talking about the time of the great resignation. Those individuals obviously didn't feel valued, so they got the hell out. How do we provide better engagement points, better communication points through tech to be able to scale a better engagement and a better experience for our current employees and even get them up the ranks and keep them uh, through promotions? So if we're looking at our, our checklist, what should our tech stack look like for hiring, do you think? Yeah, it, it depends on the company. Uh, you know, their needs are, are obviously primary. We're talking about high volume versus or, or including regular one-off positions, you know, those types of things. But the key here is to basically blow up your current process entirely and start from ground zero. Because for most hiring companies, your current process is broken, and it's been broken for probably years, if not decades. We took the paper process back in the, in the 90s, and all we did was we took that paper process and we applied it uh, to tech. We didn't, we didn't talk about efficiencies. We didn't focus on any of that. We were just trying to get to this new, this new quote-unquote internet thing as soon as we possibly can. We today still, unfortunately have an issue with candidates taking half an hour plus to apply for a position. That in itself is a horrible experience and it is a negative impact on your brand, not just for prospectively getting that talent in the door, but also what about that individual who, uh, what if they're a customer? What if they never buy from you again, right? There are business ramifications on the side of talent, on the side of product and sales that we just don't realize and we don't focus on. Just, just on that point, um, in the market right now, given where we are with the, the war for talent or whatnot, and uh, I see a lot of, um, there's less of them now, but I see a lot of uh, company adverts still on that initial form you fill out when you put your CV in. It still says, why do you want to join us? How do you feel about that question, before someone's actually had a human interaction. Do you think it's appropriate or not? I think I think it's extraneous, first and foremost. It's one of those things where the intent is I'm applying to your organization. There's a reason behind that, right? Um, don't 
just ask questions to ask questions right out of the gate. Uh, talking to some companies who have rebuilt their entire process where it used to take a half an hour because they asked questions like that versus now it takes under 10 minutes, right? And then when they, they, can, they can actually focus on not wasting that individual's time, not wasting their time, perspectively, getting them in, screening them, so on and so forth. They're using tech for what it should be used for, to be able to assess, screen, perspectively test those individuals prior, not to be able to right out of the gate start the relationship building, right? I mean, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. There, there are reasons behind many of those questions. Most of them have been proven to be just, just wrong. Yeah, I think in this day and age, I think it's still, I do think there's still an element of there are some companies who feel that um, candidates will be lucky to work for them. And that may be the case, but that's certainly not what you can put out there in the market when there's not enough people, can you? Yeah, no, you, you can't. And, and I think that is, we, we, we've had a, a major shift with the, the pandemic where we have all of these individuals who either one or two, one or two things, they have been now labeled as essential and they have never felt essential in their life with this organization. But now they are essential. They take a look at the CEO who last year made, you know, $12 million. This next year they're gonna make 20 million because of the pandemic and the profits actually driven from the pandemic and they're still making a measly $15 an hour. How essential is that, right? And then again, that is just one case, one point, right? Take that and then extrapolate it through all of your positions throughout the, the organization in itself. Not just frontline workers, but everybody who's out there, people who now will now only work remote. But yet, you're asking them to come back in the office for no reason whatsoever. So they're all these different conversations where I really believe the company is starting to understand that this is really truly a relationship versus a, a forced labor type of scenario. Let's say we've got our text that correct. How um, how should how else should that affect the candidate experience? Do you think? Yeah, it, it should all be around a couple of different points. First and foremost, the candidate experience and then the recruiter experience. Uh, it, it's harder today, at least here in the U.S., it's harder today to find recruiters than it is software developers. Uh, so recruiters now are being more picky because they can uh, about the different types of positions that they take. They don't want to be uh, in a position where they have 30,000 tabs open. Uh, they have to go from here to there, do all these menial tasks. They want to be able to be more human. Generally, recruiters get into these positions because they do like people, right? They do want to, to, to be able to help people find that career, that next job, something that actually pushes them forward. They care. It's hard to care when you don't have enough time to actually deal with that candidate. So two things. First and foremost, it should be incredibly easy for a candidate to get you their information. Uh, if you're asking them to create an account, this is not 1999 for God's sakes. People buy things every single day as a quote unquote guest. They don't need to put your their information in to create an account. Not to mention they're going to give you that information anyway, either uploading their their resume, their CV, or what have you. So make the make that whole process painless, uh, le less painful. And then on the recruiter side, same thing. Now, you start to talk about scale, then you have individuals that are saying, well, if we do that, then we get way too many candidates. 
That is once again why you should be imploding your current process and taking a look at new tech stack because that tech should be able to ask the right questions, not too many, but the right questions to be able to go ahead and push out the individuals who do not, uh, who do not uh, meet the requirements. And then also prospectively ask them if they want to apply for something where they do meet the requirements, right? We in this point are still linear where we're just talking about one job, one application process, one recruiter, right? It's wrong. There are many points of light that are out there and all of these candidates who are being thrown into a black hole, we should be focusing on their experience and maybe not getting the job that they applied for, but what else is out there that they could prospectively be a good candidate for. And on the recruiter side, we have to, have to, have to focus on the recruiter experience. If not, if you don't give them something where they can be more human and do what really what they yearn to do, which is help people, then you're going to lose them and you should lose them. That's a really good perspective. And, and, and just a point around the, the difficulty in, in finding good recruiters, because we've got the same pain uh, in the UK. I was uh, chatting to Greg, Sa Greg Savage about this the other day, and he made a Good point, which seems obvious now, but in 2020, uh, the, the front line of recruitment and talent acquisition were some of the first to go. Uh, a lot of companies let, let people like this go, and most of, most of these people were those people in their first 12 months of the job. So by now, they'd be in their third year. So we've lost a, a generation of recruiters. Um, is there anything you're seeing in terms of innovations over there uh, around or ideas around how to get more people into recruitment or for, or for how businesses can get recruiters into roles? Yeah, I think right now we... we it, in talent, and this is how business has dealt with talent since since Jump Street, is that it's all about knee-jerk. It's all about what we need right now, not what we're planning for strategically. We talk about strategic and, and so on and so forth, but we don't truly understand that the recruiter is the most important individual in the organization. I'm going to say that again. The recruiter. Why? Why? Because the talent that they bring into the organization, what does that individual actually do? They either provide the service that drives revenue, create the product that drives revenue. They do something that actually directly impacts how the, uh, the organization operates, right? We don't look at that in, in that way on talent acquisition. That's what we need to do as business leaders. We don't see each, we don't see each other as business leaders. We don't see what we do as part of lit literally the strategic output of business. If I talk to a, a TA leader and I look at one of their, let's say for instance, one of their top 10 positions that are open on their site and I ask them, how much does that position cost the organization every single day that it's open? Most of them have no clue. For that one position, let alone the extrapolating out for all the other positions, right? So, we have to be more business-minded. We have to understand what we actually mean to the organization. We are the heart and soul. Nothing gets made. No, no service gets provided. The supply chain is dead. Everything is gone without a recruiter being that point, that, that point solution right there to bring the right people into the organization. Love that. I feel inspired out there changing lives, aren't we? Recruiters everywhere. Yes. And whether you know it or not, you are. And again, I challenge every recruiter and every TA leader that's out there today to start thinking more about how this is a business. We are not a cost center. That is not what we are. We drive revenue. Without us putting sales butts in seats, 
things don't get sold. Without us helping engineers get into the right position to develop new and cool products, guess what happens? We don't have new and cool products. So as we start to understand, again, like those essential employees, when they were told that they were essential employees, that's the same type of awakening talent acquisition needs to have today. Love it. What sort of uh, recruitment marketing strategies then should we be focusing on and, and what tech, tech should we be using? Yeah, I think, so first and foremost, the, the recruitment marketing strategies that we need to focus on uh, comes down to the very basic level of what do, we, what do we focus on first? What we focus on first is the job description. Uh, because that is a technical document that nobody should ever see because it is junk, okay? Not to mention we should reassess all of those technical documents before we actually create job postings, which we could we, we should be working with marketing to be able to ensure that we have the, uh, the, the, uh, the right messaging uh, and everything around not just the business, but also the experience within the organization. And then we have to be able to take that and make sure that's actually true, right? So I think all of that in itself, we have to ensure that before we go out and start blowing smoke and mirrors at people, we need to ensure that we have the right foundational data being the, the job description and the actual requirements before we build job postings to be able to start drawing the right individuals in. And then at that point, we need to have systems that automatically, as soon as we press that requisition out, we already have and have spent millions of dollars on building our our candidate database within our, our current core talent platform. What do we do? We automatically start looking outside. We've probably already paid six to 10 times over for those same candidates in our database. What we should be doing is looking at the database, being able to ask them to reapply, right? Reinvite them to apply for this new position, then take a look in and allow the system to do its work with regard to the predictive index on how many do we believe historically are going to, who we've invited to apply, how many will apply, and then we kick in programmatic advertising. There should not be a human being involved in any of that, period, right? Again, these are the menial tasks that recruiters get bogged down in the on the daily. And some of them and these are not the, the, the best recruiters. Those are the ones who are like, mm, which job board should I be on? That, that is well beyond you. You shouldn't be messing with that, right? The systems that are set up today should be hitting your current database to be able to get those individuals you've already paid for, reinterested and reinvested in this new position, and then, if necessary, spend money to start uh, uh, attracting talent through programmatic advertising. Which innovations are exciting you right now in tech? I think <laughs> this is the most exciting time in our lives in recruiting and technology, period. I was with Monster before it was Monster. That was exciting. I mean, we were talking about moving an, an entire industry online into this new worldwide web scenario, right? That was incredibly awesome. It was hot. It was fun. This is much more exciting. There's more money. There's more tech. The, the tech is much more mature. It's not as mature as, it, as we need it to be in some spaces. But if we take a look at uh, conversational AI, we're talking about engagement from uh, the pretty much the start of uh, hitting a candidate 
or a candidate coming in, and then them not having to go through a, a form to fill out. They can actually do that through uh, a chatbot, engaging through conversational AI. And then that individual, after they get the job, start the onboarding process with that same conversational AI. And as an employee, they get updates. They they might ask that, indivi- that uh, conversational AI questions that are FAQs or whatever it is. That's incredibly cool for us. Plus, if you wrap all of the data that you already have in your core talent platforms, your human capital management platforms, you have so much data just on this one individual, you can get an idea of where career pathing might be next, not to mention pulse surveys to be able to see where they might go next, right? So you've got that. Then you have the hard lift of matching in our industry. I just talked about companies spending millions, and I mean over the life cycle, hundreds of millions of dollars on recruitment marketing. If you think about it, if you were a CMO and you spent hundreds of millions of dollars in building a database and then you let it atrophy, you did not use it, do you think you would have a job very long? No, you wouldn't, right? So why are we put in a different set of of responsibilities and expectations? We should be focusing on tech that takes the candidate data that we already have, individuals who have already said that they're interested in working for our organization, they might not have gotten a job before. That doesn't mean that they won't be great for positions down the road. Now, being able to first and foremost match those individuals against the requisitions and then uh, the, the technique of having conversational AI reach out to them or a recruiter reach out to them, entirely different. Fantastic. Chad, look, I appreciate so much, so much knowledge. Um, if anyone wants to check you out or check out Chad and Cheese, where should they go? Yeah, just go to uh, chadcheese.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's just the Chad and Cheese podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am the only Chad Sowash that is out there. I'd be more than happy to, uh, to, to connect. And Paul, once again, I really appreciate you bringing me on and, and, and having this conversation. Amazing. Thanks so much for being a part of Talent and Growth, Chad. Thank you, sir.